Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is November 20, 2014, and you're tuning into another episode of Bright Side with Technicia. I am your host, Technicia, and I hope everyone has had a blessed week so far, because next week coming up, that's right, Thanksgiving. Time to get ready for that turkey and macaroni cheese and candy yam. But did anybody hear about the news going down with Young Thug? Young Thug supposedly is flashing his new tattoo. 
to everybody outside of Atlanta tattoo shop. Um, he supposedly mm-hmm. has Birdman's tattoo on his junta part, and of course, he said if the groupies is hitting his, is hitting him, then they hitting Birdman too. But I don't know. Um, each to their own. I'm not about to get nobody's stuff tattoo on my junta area. So, uh, more power to you, but. You need to check yourself because that's kind of making me wonder. Right. But anyhow, speaking of music, I do got another young artist in with us today. Jay Metro coming all the way from Houston, Texas, baby. This man got a nice hit single called Bodyguard, which we're going to play for you at the end of the show. But if you got any questions for Jay Metro, please call in at 347-426-3751. Holla, and I will keep that box open up just for you. Jay Metro, what's good? Thank you for coming in on the show. Good to have Thank you, here. you for having me. It's so good to be here on the bright side. I'm so glad. I mean, you're doing so you're doing so many big things, man. You do it all. You sing a songwriter. You're a composer, multi instrumentalist, um, inter- <laughs> sorry, instrumentalist and poet. And you're from Houston, Texas. Oh, so when you say I, it like that, you know. When you say it like that, you make me feel like I don't have anything left to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 because I know that you got probably a lot to accomplish, and you're putting it down. But, you know, Thank you. just thinking about the Texas, you know, probably people want to look towards that direction to have a vocalist such as yourself to come out doing a, doing a bit like this, you know? Right. Well, you know, I just take everything one step at a time and keep everything moving and I keep my goals in front of me, and I just keep pushing towards it. You know, that's that's all we can do. Set goals, achieve goals, set new goals, and achieve those. Hey, I can feel you on that. So how did you come up with your artist name? Tell us about it. My artist name actually started around 2008 or nine. I put together a group of musicians, and, uh, and we started a group called J Metro. And, you know, throughout time, eventually the group went from five to three, and to to just me, and it became I am J Metro. So it started as a band name, but it ended up being my own artist name. It just happened to work out that I was the lead singer, the front man, the, the music writer for that band, and it was completely coincidental that if you take the letters that begin J and Metro, J and M, you actually have my initials because my name is Jimmy Moore. Um, so it was a happy coincidence that that happened and it just kind of seemed like a natural transition because even when J Metro was a group before J Metro was a solo artist, um, the assumption from the audience wherever we performed was that the group was named for me. Um, so it it just kind of slid right on in, and you know I made it work. Why? Right. And this is this is not your first time making it work since the release of your other hit single, Frosty, and you have had other Billboard singles, Alcoholic Logic and My People. So what are we expecting from this this new album? Well, um, Bodyguard is just a single. It's not actually a part of an okay. album. Um, so okay, sometimes I release okay. albums. Right. <laughs> sometimes I release albums, and sometimes I release songs just as a standalone single. Um, so Bodyguard is one of those, as well as Frosty, the song that you mentioned a minute ago. It's actually another song that was not on an album. It was just a single. I do have an album coming out um, at the beginning of next year called the Sunter Mona Moore EP. It's six songs, and I'm going to be singing in some French 
a little bit on that album. It has a lot of um, okay. experimental things happening on it. But but Bodyguard is a standalone single, uh, and the song is it's smooth R and B hip hop um, with a little oh, bit yeah. of a, a um, like a Euro dance vibe to it. I like to mix genres a little bit when I write songs, and I feel like with Bodyguard, um, the song stood apart from the other songs that I've written, so it didn't really fit into the album that I'm releasing. So I decided to um, package it up on its own and send it on out into the right. world and see what happens. I know that's I know that's right, and that's why I said I, I am. I'm proud of you that you're doing this. You know, I like to see young men making accomplishments such as this instead of being on the street selling drugs or behind the prison um, oh, doors. So, <laughs> so wow. <laughs> was it was it pressure to release another smash hit like like your first two hits that you did? Was there any challenges? No, I wouldn't say that there was a challenge. The most difficult thing for me when I actually have a completed album, which was the case for my first two singles, My People and Alcoholic Logic, um, is picking which songs to release as singles. Especially on my first album, that was extremely difficult for me because um, my first album wasn't written as a collected work. Um, it was a collection of songs that I had written over about a two- to three-year period. So throughout that time, you know, I had grown to love each and every single one of those songs. They were all my children. And it's like it's like picking, if you only get to educate one child and you have 15 children, which one do you send to school? You know, so it's just a very right, tough right. decision. <laughs> it was very tough, especially um, especially because they all sounded so different. Um, one of the things that I really love about that first album, because it's a collection of songs, is that there's songs on that album in almost every genre. The song, the album starts off with an R&B vibe and then moves into a pop vibe and then moves into more of a rock vibe and then has a couple of songs on it that has a, a jazz feel. So there's something for everybody on that original 2011 J Metro release. Oh, I'm feeling that. Oh yeah, I'm feeling that definitely. That's what we need. <laughs> instead of being instead of being stuck as a monotone type artist, you're going out. That's what made Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, all these famous celebrities that we know of, Whitney Houston. That's what made them famous. They went above and beyond. They were international. They didn't stick to one little genre. Okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm just do hip hop, and yeah, I'm gonna focus on Atlanta all day. No, you gotta right. get out. You gotta work. Right? They so caught right. up. So tell us, what was it like just growing up in Houston, Texas? Growing up in Houston, Texas was interesting for me. My family moved to Houston when I was 13, so I did eighth grade and all of high school here in Houston. And uh, at first, it was a bit of a culture shock to me because I I, uh, I entered civilian life. You know, growing up, I was born on Camp Lejeune in North Carolina on a military base. And I lived there from the time that I was born until I was 13 years old when my family moved from North Carolina to Houston. So I had never lived off of a military base. Everybody had always told me, oh, when you get into the real world, when you get into the civilian world, everything's going to be different. The school teachers are going to be different. The kids at school are going to be different. Everything's going to be different. And it really was um, just a complete culture shock uh, from what I experienced. So eighth grade um, was a little bit of a struggle for me because it was just different, um, so vastly different from the world that I grew up in before that. 
but once I got used to it, it was it was it was fun. You know, it was nice. It was it was growing up. Houston has a lot more um, to offer as in terms of things to do, entertainment. Um, I grew up in Houston. They used to have here a place called Astroworld. It was one of the Six Flags, and we didn't have that in North Carolina. Um, so I went to the Six Flags the summer, um, you know, between my eighth and ninth grade year and my mm-hmm. ninth and tenth grade year. Those summers, I had um, a campaign passes like the full summer. So I think my mother actually used it as babysitting because she would buy the, the summer pass and just drop <laughs> us off me and my brother every day at Six wow. Flags <laughs> while she would go to work. She's like, I got to do something with these kids. They got to get out of my house. They cannot sit around here. Yeah, so she was used to us being in school. Right. She didn't want us messing up her house. She she didn't want to come home to any surprises. (laughs) So you you about that. You might be sick. Get on up at my house. Stay on out now. Go on. Go on. But Houston is good. It's a really big city. There's a lot of things to do here. Um, there's a lot okay. of culture here. The art scene, the right. music scene is is growing. It's not quite where it should be for original music, mm-hmm. but there is a huge flourishing and very much alive cover music scene here. And that's one of the things that um, that a lot of people don't realize is that in Houston, oh. almost every bar that you will go to, almost every venue, instead of having a DJ, they'll have live cover music bands. Um, okay. So that's one of the things that's that's interesting about Houston. Now, you can find a DJ if you want to find one. But if you go out on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night in Houston, you're more you more likely run into a, a cover band. Oh, cool. That's very awesome. And I, I noticed many of my friends have moved to Texas because of jobs. I mean, it's better living there now. So I find a lot of people going to Texas. Yes. So I do know that. But you taught me something new. See, that's why I said we all students. So <laughs> tell me, t- tell me how your childhood really impacted your music. So. Well, growing up, I was always surrounded by music. Uh, my mother's side okay. of the family is very musically affluent. Um, I had aunts and uncles that played piano and played guitar and sang. I had entire churches that I went to in this small little country town called Lumber City, Georgia. The the town has more churches than people, (laughs) you you know, but every Sunday all those churches are somehow full of people. Um, But my family, you know, made up the choirs at a few of those churches. So we would church hop and go and sing, you know, sing songs here, sing songs there. And um, right. I think I actually sang my first song before I could recite the alphabet. My my aunt, my mother's <laughs> sister, wrote a song, <laughs> wrote a gospel song that she taught me, and I sing that song every single time. I can't go back to that small country town without singing that song. Um, but you know, so that was that was how I got introduced to it. And then about the age of five, I started taking piano lessons, and from there, it was just. Music, music all the way through. I had picked up the trombone in middle and high school, and then in college I majored in music theory with concentrations in vocal performance and piano performance. Um, So, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I'm I'm not good at finding any other job. I have music 100% because God gave me one skill. (laughs) So I have to pay bills with that that skill. I love that. I love that. A lot of people don't use their talent. They let it go to waste on doing other bull stuff. So what mm-hmm. we what are we saying? 
start around about five years of age, start getting into music, really? The actual training part of it, yes. But I was into music. Oh. I was singing and, and banging on a piano as much as I could before then. But, Jay, let me ask, what really gave you the inspiration to just keep trying to pursue making to pursue making music, like, because you didn't want to just give up and stop. What kept it going? Well, uh, different things motivated me at different points in my life. I know when I when I finally decided on a career path, what I wanted to do was to be a composer of movies, film scores, as well as write some Broadway shows. So I, I, I don't know when that happened, but somewhere around late high school I made up that decision in my mind. So I knew I was going to study music in college, and I knew that I was going to major in composition and theory. And that's what I did. So, you know, I did that for four years, and then as soon as I finished college, I packed up everything, and I moved to L.A. because I thought, this that's the move. That's what you do. You finish your degree in music, you go to L.A. because that's where you make it big. You have to go to L.A., right? <laughs> that's what everybody thinks. Right, you right. Know? So what, I, yeah. I did that. I did that, and I spent a few months, you know, living on a couch, for couch surfing and trying to um, actually get some work as a film composer. And I did. I actually did a film for a student who was at USC at the time. I did the music for that, as well as a couple of other small projects. But eventually, I kind of had to do another shift because I was at another point in life. I was a little bit older. I had just finished college. And... Um, mom and dad, you know, the bank of mom and dad eventually dried up and they said, um, excuse me, sir, you have your own bills now and you are expected to pay them. <laughs> so I started finding work another way. So I knew I wanted, I had to do something musical. And, and what I ended up doing was joining, joining bands and performing. And I never thought that I wanted to be a performer. I never thought that I wanted to be up front on the stage I always thought that I would be, you know, in behind the scenes. People would be hearing my music but not seeing my face. But once I hit that stage, I realized that I had a passion for it. I like the energy that I can give to an audience, and when I get that energy back, you know, it's it's just this great and wonderful synergistic flow, you know, that just feels really good and uplifts my spirit. So that kind of kept going. I found myself writing for other artists. And, you know, eventually I just kind of put two and two together and said, you know what, I like performing. I'm writing songs for artists. I can sing these songs myself. You know? No, no, that's fine. Right. So I, and I did that. So one thing just kind of leads to another. You know, I always say it's more important to know what you love than it is to know what you want to do because throughout life your perspective will change. And you might end up doing something a little bit different, but as long as you're still doing what you love, you'll always be happy. Right, and it seems that you got all the pieces to be successful. You're good looking. You got a distinguished voice and sound. It's vibrant. Oh, you oh am I good looking? Do I? Am yeah, I good looking? Do I look good? <laughs> yeah, you do. Hey, so <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> So what artists or producers do you work with or even rub shoulders with? Um, right now I actually produce all of my own music. Um, okay. I produce all of my own music at my home studio, 
I go to Snarly Face Records to perform and lay down my vocals. And after I record my vocals, I bring those back to my own studio and I pre-mix everything back at home. And then I send it off to um, Daddy's House Studios, which is actually the recording studio for Bad Boy Entertainment. Um, I have a wonderful, wonderfully talented friend and mixing engineer who works at Daddy's House Studios by the name of Juan Pina. And um, he is, he's just so good you know, at mixing. So I send everything off to him, and then when I get the mixes back, I send everything to Chris Graham at Chris Graham Mastering to do all of my masters. And that's the complete process, you know, from, from writing to mixing to mastering. Um, I have a very, uh, a very tight team of people that I work with. Um, there's a Houston studio out here, an underground studio called True Legacy um, Entertainment. And okay. what I do with them is um, I, I, I work with some artists out of that studio, but also sometimes when I want to do urban remixes of some of my songs, I'll go there because they have that ear. They know, you know, how to hit that urban audience. You know, they know what that urban contemporary audience is going to want. So, um, so I'll go to them and we'll do a remix, and I'm actually excited. We have a remix of the song Bodyguard that's going uh, to be released shortly after the, the original song is released in about a week and a half. Okay, awesome. So, well, I mean, that's, it is. It's really good. So besides this, what else are you working on at the moment? At the moment, I'm just working on promoting the single. Bodyguard. This is my first single that's being released through a major label, through Sony, The Orchard um, Distribution. So I'm, I'm just okay. very excited about some of the opportunities that are coming my way because I'm now affiliated with a, with a major label. And um, it's just, it's, it's a lot of work. It's planning the release party and promoting and trying to um, scheduling events after that, trying to see what a tour is going to look like, you know, because I'm going to have to travel and I'm very much looking forward to travel, so I'm thinking I may be coming to Atlanta, Miami. Hey. I know I'm going to be doing shows. Hey, all right, Miami. I know I'm going to be doing shows here in Houston, Texas, and some of the other major cities in Texas, like Austin, San Antonio, El Paso, places right like that. So that's what's on my well, is Right now it's promoting Bodyguard, trying to get that song on the Billboard charts so right. I can have a seventh, hallelujah, complete that holy number, that seventh, um, billboard charting single and see where things take me from there. What are you going to do? We we will be waiting on you and Alaska, baby. Yes, we will give you that. We will give you all the Southern love you need. <laughs> yes, we will. So, hmm. Jay, tell us about your newest single, Bodyguard. How did you come up with that? Share us the story. All right. Well, as a composer, and as a lyricist, what I always try to do is I try to find those, those little life moments that most people, or I even will go as far as to say everybody, can experience. And it may not be something that you experience once a day or once a week or even once a month, for some people once a year, but at some point you've experienced this. And I write um, a, a complete song based on, that one relatable instance. So with the song Bodyguard, um, <laughs> the specific situation that's being talked about with this song is um, a situation where 
it's describing people who are interferers, people who get in the way. You know, um, sometimes in in less polite social circles, they'll call these people um, cock blockers. You know, are you following me? Right. Right. Okay. I'll follow. So, so typically when people go out. When someone goes out, they're with an entire entourage. It can be some of their friends. Sometimes it's their cousins. Sometimes, sometimes it's you know their their fiance or their spouse. You know, but they have somebody with them. And the song is calling those people bodyguards. So what this song is saying is from the perspective of someone who's seeing a, someone out while they're out, and that person is attractive to them. And this song is saying, I see you're here alone tonight. You don't have any bodyguards. It's just me and you. So, you know, I want to get to know you. I want to see where this can go. I want to talk to you. Since you don't have your your, your crowd with you, it's just you. You know, you came out. Mm. So what's it about? All right. All right. right. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, women, we go crazy for some darn good old love songs, honey. That seems like it just relates to us. So as far as it goes with this new single coming out, you're going to be having some new traveling plans in store. What is the biggest right. thing to happen? So, Jay, what is the biggest thing to happen in your career? Well, um, there's a few different things, actually. Um, one thing that was really, really huge for me was that in 2013, last year, um, shortly after I released the Metropolis Saga album, um, I was invited to come out and perform in Burkina Faso, Ouagadougou, uh, which is in West Africa. Oh, cool. mm-hmm. um, they have a jazz festival there, and it's the biggest jazz festival in West Africa. Um, the only bigger jazz festival actually happens in in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, so this was a big jazz festival, and they were really pushing to have an American act come out because they hadn't had an American act there in 14 years. So they asked us to come out, and, you know, me and my band, I took everybody out there, and we went out, and we actually headlined the entire week-and-a-half-long festival. Um, which was such a shock to me because I thought we were just going out. I thought we were just going out there and performing. I didn't realize how big it was to them that we were coming out there or that I was coming out there until I got there. When I landed in the airport there and I saw billboards and posters and flyers and everywhere with my name plastered all over it, and everything is written in French. And at that point, I didn't understand French. I did not know a word of French besides bonjour and bon appetit, <laughs> you see me? So, um, <laughs> right, so I just didn't know what was going on, and then when someone explained to me the actual schedule of the concert, and I realized that they had me performing on the very last night at the prime spot and headlining the concert series, I was, I was completely blown away. Um, and this, you know, mind you, after landing in a country that I had never been in, knowing that I'm going to be there for two weeks. I'm going to be, you know, interviewed on television and meeting all of the locals and eating in local restaurants. Um, so that trip was, was completely great. I got to meet the American ambassador 
to Ouagadougou oh, awesome. to Burkina Faso, actually, and actually perform at the U.S. Embassy there. Um, so it was just a really great trip. I got to touch a crocodile. They have, <laughs> they have a park out there um, called the, oh. the Home of the Sacred Crocodiles. So we oh, go wow. out there. Yeah, we go out and... You know, you walk out there and you're thinking, I don't, I don't see any crocodiles. All I see is some little tiny puddles of water. Like, what is going out there? And the tour guide, they actually go off because they have to go and get, um, they have to go and get chickens, like little small chickens, for the crocodiles to eat. So the tour guides come out, come back there, they bring these little chickens with them, and I'm like, okay, I still don't see any crocodiles. And they start going over to the water and they tap the water. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, these huge crocodiles start climbing out of the water, looking like something from Jurassic Park. I mean, I was, yes. I was so scared in that moment. And these people, That's they go up work. there, they're playing with the crocodiles. They're playing with the crocodiles and sitting on the crocodiles and touching the crocodiles. And I'm like, y'all are crazy. Y'all are about to become crocodile lunch. I am not touching a crocodile. But we stayed out there until, until they made me touch the crocodile uh, I mean, my head was shaking at the speed of light. Do you understand? I know, but I you couldn't. Know, you know, black people, we don't play with croc. We don't do that. We don't play with crocodiles. Or lions, right. You know I'm not going to mess with nothing that got teeth. I went down to um, Tampa, Florida, and I seen them, and I was like, uh, no way, Jose, will I mess with them? Because I think I took my baby to Bush Gardens, and that's where we seen them, and I was like, you know what I'm saying? No. Like I've I've seen the Discovery Channel. I've seen Animal Kingdom right. where the crocodile right. grab, grabs this animal and then pulls it into the water and then starts doing that right. that spin roll where they spin around and the animal exactly. grinds up. I'm I'm not trying to be that. That's I'm not about right. that life. I love my white <laughs> friends and everything, but it always you guys who want to go and do the rock climbing. You want to climb the amp the Appalachian Mountains and all that type stuff and play with the crocodiles, no. You go right on ahead. Do your skydiving on your own. Go right ahead. Or mess with the sharks, get your leg bit off, and you still want to get back in the water. No. No, thank you. I'll take my chance. These, go these were black side. people, actually. These were all These were oh all African God, people. No. Don't you tell me that. Yeah, right? but, well, they're, they're used to the crocodiles because they grow up They grow up around them. So the crocodiles oh, were, <laughs> were familiar to them. They, they, were, they were like pets to them. You know, so. Well, see, that's the difference. See, you could be familiar with them, but you don't know me. See, you don't even know me. And I, no, no. no. <laughs> I feel the same way. Like when I meet dog. somebody's, I can be here in America, and I'll meet somebody's oh, yeah, pet dog, and the dog will right, come I up and be, and be trying side. to lick on you and gnaw at you. I'm like, that dog is trying to bite me. And they'll be like, no, the dog is just playing with you, playing nothing. I see teeth. Like, Crocodile, I don't know. It looks like it might want to eat me. I can't tell if it want to play or not. I, I can't because it does. I, I don't have no eye signal. Right, it's hungry. I thought anything that you have to bring said, food to, that they, and that was my said, rationale. Knew, I got to bring food to it. See, they knew the crocodile, <laughs> but see, you don't know the crocodile. See, I'm not exactly. trusting that. Right, exactly. Uh, 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 me, me and wilderness do not mix together, no. <laughs> I say on my side, they say on their side. That's fine. You say right on over there. I'll watch you from a distance, okay? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go, though. You have got to go. I'm telling you, it is an experience of a lifetime. You've got to go to Burkina Faso and check out the sacred crocodiles. You've got to. 
you want me to get my little bit off, Jay? So I <laughs> no, I know, I, I don't, I don't, Probably I really don't. Look at me like really. But, and part of what another thing that made that experience um, going to that festival really, really, really special for me was um, throughout the two weeks that we were there, I actually experienced a birthday while we were there. Oh. And on that particular oh, awesome. day, on that well, particular that? day, the embassy, it was it was great, but it was great for a completely okay. different reason. I didn't have like a huge birthday party or anything. We were actually doing some some uh, some outreach through the U.S. Embassy that day. They had us go to um, a school there, a music school, and myself and everyone who was in the band that that I brought with me, we all taught lessons. So I actually had a vocal master class. I taught some students um, some things about singing and technique. You know, my percussionist had the drummers, my guitar player had the guitarists, and we were all in different rooms, and we all had all of these students. I spent the entire day teaching and giving knowledge to other people. And there were moments during that day where I actually forgot that it was my birthday because the day wasn't about wow. me. It was about giving to someone else. And um, that experience of, of having that birthday there and being able to actually work and help other people and see joy on someone else's face, you know, it's just, it was completely uh, mind-changing for me. It changed my perspective of everything. It made me realize birthdays aren't just about a big party and people buying you gifts. You know, it's a, it's a celebration of life, but it's really important to stop and reflect and consider, what am I doing? And is it important and is it helping me and is it helping somebody else? You know, if you can be right. a blessing to someone else on a day that's supposed to be special for you, it's it's just a magnificent feeling. I really do like, I admire your answer for that, though, because a lot of people don't take the time to want to give back, and I think that's a good thing that you learned that experience. Sometimes it takes you to get out of your own element to learn those type of values, to go somewhere else and see what it is for that. Because I think a lot of times if we head to certain countries, we will appreciate what we have here. It will make you really appreciate it so dearly. But I want everybody to appreciate this because, yes, we're going to a short commercial break, and we're going to be back with Jay, and we're going to also play his newest single, too. So stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we were... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. 
Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with our boy Jay Metro from Houston, Texas, with his newest single coming out, Bodyguard. And, of course, I said I will play that for you at the end of the show. So, Jay, where can people find you? You can find me on my website, www.iamjmetro.com. That's I-A-M-J, just the letter J, metro, M-E-T-R-O.com. So if you go to my website, it's going to link you to all of my social media. You'll be able to link there from my, to my Instagram, my Facebook, Twitter, Reverb Nation. Um, I have blogs on there. Um, I actually have some a blog on there about Burkina Faso uh, and my experience there. So go to my website, imjmetro.com, and find me. I'm looking for you. And when you find me on Twitter, say hashtag Technicia so I'll know that you came. From Brightside with Technician <laughs> on Blog Talk Radio. Well, thank you for mentioning that, and I think that will be good, too, especially if they're looking to probably work or collaborate with you because, as I say, you're a great artist. So where do you see yourself going in this year and next year, and how do you plan to separate yourself from the other artists out today to get the recognition you probably feel you deserve? Well, are you ready for a bold statement? <laughs> Yeah, I'll go right ahead. Said, go right ahead. Go. All right. My goal is I'm going to be releasing uh, Bodyguard in about a week and a half, but it is available for pre-order on iTunes right now, so please go and do that. But in the first quarter of the year, I'm going to be releasing my Sunter Mona Moore EP. So I'm going to be releasing that. I'm going to have singles. My plan is to be everywhere, in media, you know, on television, on tour, on the radio. I want to become a household name, and my goal is for the 58th Grammys, which will be broadcast in February of 2015. No, 2016, sorry, because next year is 15. I'm getting confused. The 58th Grammys, which will be broadcasting in a year and three months from now, I want to win Best New Artist, Best Solo Pop Performance, Best Song of the Year. I have a whole list. I want to go in with my arms open and walk out with seven Grammys and the 58th oh, Grammy right. Awards. Well, brother, you are focused. You sure are. I you am. are focused. You are definitely going to get it. And I'm telling so you. So I need everybody to help me. I need everybody to help me with right. this campaign. If you're listening, all y'all bright side with Technicia fans, I need you to go to Twitter and I need you to put J Metro. Hashtag best new artist. Come on, come on, Atlanta, like the Falcons. Rise up, rise up, everybody. So, like I said, you've been doing a lot to strengthen and build your brand. Are you satisfied with the pace at this stage in your career? Would you change anything? I think I'm growing at a pace that has been comfortable for me. Um, I would love it if things would move a lot faster, but I'm definitely not complaining about where I'm at. 
and how long it's taken to get here because every step of that journey has made me the person that I am today. Right. I know that's right. Amen. Amen. Stand focused, keeping keeping family dear to you, close to you, and keeping God first. Those are the only things you really should be living for. God and your family. You you gotta have that around you. You need people who gonna be there to support you. So yes, I would say that. Jay, what advice can you really give to other brothers out here or men in particular that go through the stuff that you probably have went through just to get to where you are, but don't have the inner strength you have. The only advice that I can give to other musicians and other artists is that, you know, just be strong in yourself, be confident in yourself, and develop a very strong um, BS filter is what I like to call it. Um, Many people will say a lot of things, you know, to try to discourage you or deter you from your path. But if you know what you're doing and you love what you're doing um, and you're able to decipher between what's constructive and what's not and cherry pick and swallow and digest the things that can help you but recycle and throw away the things that will hurt you, then you're on the right path and you will keep moving forward and eventually you will get to wherever you want to be. Determine for yourself what success is and achieve that. I couldn't agree with you more. I think so. Those were the right answers to actually give. Jay, so you know that everybody mostly probably been talking about Taylor Swift um, removing her music from Spotify. What are your thoughts on that? Because I thought that probably is a fair deal. She don't want to do her music for free. You should be able to buy it. It's almost like bootleggers selling people movies out here for $5. So, You know, Spotify, for someone like Taylor Swift, um, who has been a household name on a huge scale ever since um, Kanye West stole a microphone out of her hand at the MTV Movie Awards, um, for someone like her, I don't know. The math could be a little bit different. But for someone like me who has released two albums and has had six singles hit the Billboard charts completely on an independent scale where 99.5% of the people of the world still don't know who J Metro is, something like Spotify is very beneficial because, you know, with Spotify, even though people can hear the song, they can't download the song. All they can do is stream it. So for me, it's it's beneficial to have my music everywhere where anyone can listen to it. And what I find is Spotify does actually pay artists. They pay a very small amount every time a song is streamed, and I have received um, some royalties from Spotify. But what it also does is, for me, it's gaining me that extra little bit of exposure to where someone might hear my song on Spotify and then want to go to Amazon or iTunes or eMusic and actually download the song and pay the 99 cents and, and have their own copy that they can listen to outside of Spotify. Um, so I think for independent artists, Spotify and other streaming sites are great. You know, they have their advantages. They also have their disadvantages. I don't have the perspective of looking at it from someone who is a multimillionaire, is a huge media mogul, and has, you know, a fan base of of, um, of 750,000 people ready to buy their 
song immediately on its release date. I don't have that perspective. In the future, I'm hoping and praying to God that I will have that perspective. But for right now, I can't condemn Taylor Swift um, because I don't, I haven't lived her experience. I don't know her journey. Right. Exactly. Each to their own. I do agree with you on. I also agree with you on that too. That if you're independent, I probably would go to somewhere like Spotify instead of blocking my music for somebody to pay for it, and so I could just at least get my name out there. Then when you build your brand and your character up, then that's when okay, I need to stop doing it for free. Now I could be willing for you to pay for it. Yeah. Right. So I, do, I mean, I it's just like don't. any other. It's just like any other thing in life. You know, we all have points and things that we do. At one point in our right, life, right. something may seem like a wonderful opportunity. Two years later, if someone yeah. were to bring you that exact same opportunity, it wouldn't be a good look for you because you've moved beyond it. You know, we all experience right. that, and that's not a natural thing to happen as we continue to grow in our arts, crafts, and professions. Well, see, that was separate. That apparently that's what's separating you from the rest right now because of that answer. That's what's separating you. You different. This is your flow. This is your style. This is what makes you versatile. You know. Um, so <clears throat> any last words or shout outs for the people? A shout out for the people. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right, people. I have a couple of people I'd like to shout out. Um, first, I'd like to thank. Um, my mother, who has been my co-manager and works with me, um, she is absolutely wonderful where she's wonderful and absolutely dreadful where she's dreadful, and I love every piece of it. Um, I'd like to thank um, Ruben Wood at Space Out Magazine, who is my marketing and PR person, uh, who's helping me release um, the single, Bodyguard, through the Sony Origin Music uh, distribution platform. And I'd like to thank the entire Sony Orchard and Viacom family for just believing in my art and my craft and being willing to put me on their distribution. It's opening up tremendous doors for me, and I cannot thank them enough. And last but definitely not least, I would like to thank Miss Technicia Day of The Bright Side for having me on the show on The Bright Side this morning. Man, you know, it, it was a pleasure. It's good to just have somebody with your spirit to be on this show. And you're going to do so much in your future endeavors. Trust and believe me, you're already doing it, and you're coming out. You start off with the band, but you're you're shining as a star by yourself. And But before I leave you, ladies and gents, I did promise you, Bodyguard, now this is his newest single. You heard it first here on the Bright Side with Technicia. If anybody else is playing it, let me know. <laughs> but here it go, Bodyguard. <laughs>
You heard that. So everybody, make sure you make sure you get there if you're in the Texas area, baby. Come on, because we we need to support our we need to support our brothers. We do. We need to support our brothers. I see you guys as the king. You are the true king, and I salute you. I salute all brothers out there who are doing it. And I and I'm I'm just specifically talking about my brother today. Really, honestly, you are the you are the one. You are. I mean, if you really get deep into it, but we're not. That's gonna be on a different subject. This is the one. So I really salute you, Jay. Much love to you, and make sure you check it out. Um, on his new album, on his new single, like I said, Bodyguard. Thank you so much. I can't thank you again for having me right here on the bright side with Miss Tanisha Day. Oh, Jay, it's an honor. And if anyone was listening today, please make sure you email me at technishaday at gmail.com. That's T-E-K-N-E-S-H-I-A-D-A-Y at gmail.com. And I will be glad to send you a nice gift, which I already sent out to one of my other listeners, Julia. And your gift will be coming to you very soon. And before I leave you, the truth of the day for my friend Mary Ellen is this. The decisions you make today are the foundation for your life in the future. Become aware of your approach to life. Make choices that will lead you to positive rewards. Gain a realistic outlook on life through being centered and focused on the here and now. If you have trouble setting a goal, start small. Give yourself one or two specific goals a day, being sure to follow through and complete them. Approach these goals with a sense of excitement and expectation. Today, lay the groundwork in your life in the future. Enjoy the day, everyone, and I will see you tomorrow. Don't forget about my boy, Jay Metro, and make sure you can find him. He's all over the social media, so definitely check it out because we need to support him and show love. So, Jay Metro, once again, thank you, brother, and you have a blessed one. You as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.